0: Here comes the sun, little darling. Here comes the sun. I say, it's all right. It's all right. Here comes the sun, little darling. Here comes the sun. I say.
1: everybody. This is Eric Mann, the host of Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement-building show. The bulk of the show today will be with our friend Ayuku Babu, the chair, president, director of the Pan-African Film Festival. Because at the Strategy Center, we say it's African History Century. We don't believe in months. And this is such an important cultural and political event. But I want to start. Ayuku, are you with us already?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother Eric.
1: Nice to hear you. So we're going to start, Ayuko, with a fun drive for KPFK because the station is having some trouble, as always, and the station needs money. So we're going to start and prioritize the fun drive today as we discuss Pan-African Film Festival. Uh, The first thing I want to say is that For me, it's been difficult doing the front drive because I come in and thank God for D'Angelo Jones. I mean, I would go crazy if he wasn't here. So I walk in, it's him and me in an empty studio. Mm -hmm. And then because it used to be that when you called in for the front drive, the names would come up on the screen and there will be people in the back room and there will be excitement. Oh, on the break, I'd go in and say, how's it going? they say, it's flat. Then I come in and say, no, it's doing great. we got six people on the line. Now, when you call in 818-985-5735, it goes straight to an answering uh, place because of COVID and other problems. So these are just the conditions, but it doesn't mean we're not going to do good. So today I've been told, seriously, that Voices has not been raising as much money as we need uh, not just the station, but in this hour. And so I want to tell you two things to our listeners. One, we've been having great shows. And then I, in the middle of a great show, I say, hey, everybody, would you please give some money? And apparently uh, that hasn't worked. So we're going to go the other way. Everybody, would you please give some money to start off the show? Uh, a lot of you know who you are. You're my friends. You're friends of the Labor Community Strategy Center. You're f- or members of or Bus Riders Union or Community Rights, Fight for the Soul of the City, is Strategy and Soul Movement Center, uh, St- uh, Strategy and Soul Revolutionary Organizers Book and Film Club, which I want to talk about. So all those people, 818-985-5735, all the regular Voices listeners, because uh, I have one more thing. I was on this talk show the other day in, in Pittsburgh. You know, it was a black show. Or a black host, a terrific host. And we had the most wonderful conversation. And then when the listeners got on, it was like people from another planet. We were talking about Dr. King and the black revolutionary tradition. And I was getting calls about it's like anybody's pet theory, you know. Mm-hmm. The voices listeners are, are great. We have a rule about, you know, two minutes per call. Please stay on the subject. Sometimes I get 10, 12 wonderful calls in a row. And it made me think again about how important uh, KPFK is because this was a commercial radio station. When a black host was famous, we couldn't get a coherent listener. So 818 985 why don't you tell people why they should give to KPFK and then we'll get to the Pan-African Film Festival.
2: I think everybody who is listening to this station you have to dig a little deeper because if there is no kpfk then one of our major ways of communicating to the community to progressive people to conscious people to people trying to be conscious people trying to find some understanding in this world is lost and i say that very sincerely that um this is the only radio station with 150,000 watts that you can you hear from all the way from Mexico all the way to Canada and beyond. Um, if we don't have this station, then we have lost a major, major way to, to communicate and let folks know what's going on. Um, we just did this afternoon an incredible uh, panel uh, that's going to be on at the on the film at the film festival in the thirteenth of March, which is the day before the last day of the festival, the festival runs from the twenty-eighth of February to the fourteenth of March. Right. On the thirteenth, we have we have a panel discussion with Professor Angela Davis, with Dr. Jill Horn, noted historian, of iconic Angela Davis, and with Le- uh, with uh, Dr. Melina Abdullah, uh, one of the founders, co-founders of Black Life Matters and the professor at Cal State L.A. Pan-African Study Center, we had a a topic of discussion. We took Dr. King's last book, Which Way Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community? And we cut it up and talked about it for about two hours. Wow. That's going to be aired on the 13th from 2 in the the afternoon till 3.30. At the Pan African Film Festival, p a f f dot o r g, you can plug in and see. It. But now, that's a hell of a that's
1: that's amazing.
2: That's that's on everybody's everybody 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 has on their mind. What do we do at this point in terms of climate change, COVID nineteen, uh, systemic racism, monopoly capitalism, uh, intersectionality, Pan Africanism. All of the, the rise of potential fascism symbolized by Trump, the reaction to Black Lives Matter, all these issues, and we're, we're, how do we maneuver in terms of this this reality? South-South cooperation between African nations, Caribbean nations, the, the uh, Asian nations, rise of China, the confrontation. So, uh, Turkey, all of this we discuss this today. You can't, you cannot that kind of conversation except on KPFK.
1: At 818-985-5735. Uh, is that going to also be available to be rebroadcast on KPFK at a later time?
2: Of course. We're going to try to make that possible. We just got to, they have signed off on it. So absolutely, it's just a matter of, of, of mechanically putting it together.
1: Because we've been allowed, voices has been, has been allowed a two-hour slot when we need it. And if I could yeah. say, we would love to have it run on voices.
2: Oh yeah, no, we will do that. We will do that run on voices. Absolutely.
1: All right, that's that, that's fantastic. Important. That's
2: so important. Yeah, I mean the, the the you don't get this kind of conversation very seldom.
1: Well, Babu, you boy, only I
2: think... get so if you don't support KPSK. If you don't, you know, uh, Jim Foreman and Snick used to say, "Freedom costs, y'all." Freedom cost. Getting this information, knowledge did not just come out of some magical wish that we're gonna to try to do this. It caught the people who started this. came out of out of the out of the jailhouses in 1949, fused fighting in Vietnam. I mean, in in World War II, and started this station because they knew there was an important voice, and so it is. What how many years later? 70 years later. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, that this still stands. And it stands for reason because you can only find this kind of information. Uh, where else do you get week in and week out front line? Where else do you get labor information? I'm, I'm, we don't get nothing about labor. You know, I know you guys are probably going to discuss the Amazon strike that Danny Glover, uh, who's one of our co founders, and Danny was just down in <laughs> Alabama.
1: Well, eight one eight. Again, uh, let me just take a minute because you Go know, what, no, what you're listening to, the intelligence of the conversation, that just the number of historical references. When you know we had uh, uh, Victor Grossman on from Germany, who's ninety two, and he's mm. you know he was one of the uh, he left he he left. He was a communist who left the West and swam across the river. Without knowing what he was doing, except he did not want to go back to jail in the United States. And he lived in East Germany the rest of his life. He's still alive and writes a terrific column. Oh, my God. A great column. But the point is, he and I spent an hour. And Babu, mm. and Ayuko Babu, spent an hour. You don't get conversation like this. 818 985 mm. 5735. So we're going to segue to the Pan African film. That was wonderful, Babu. Thank you. And just one more thing, uh, folks. I was having a long talk with Robin Kelly the other day, Professor Robin Kelly, Robin and I, and I was saying, the thing that's very painful to me, is that the people who I knew in three and four and five dimension, like James Foreman, are now, just at best caricatures, and and you know nobody even knows who he was, or or you know in terms of the young people. So James Foreman was the the first sort of executive director of SNCC who brought you know, he brought more of a Marxist discipline, okay. he had been in the army, he brought discipline, and just two things about James Foreman. we'll write to you is, one, he was always sweeping the floor in, in the Snick office. Jim. Right. Jim, 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 Jim. <laughs> and I yes, try, indeed. and every time me and Channing go to front of Strategy and Soul, first thing we do is sweep the street, right? right. <laughs> and and right. I always think of Jim Foreman when I do that. Uh and, and it's really is true that one white person came up to him and said excuse me sir uh thinking it was the janitor where, <laughs> where can I where's Jim foreman he said uh the man sweeping the floor sir uh, you know <laughs> all right so um so here's what let I want just I
2: wa- say this please there'd be no pan-african film without Jim foreman Jim taught us a whole bunch of stuff
1: wow well yeah. let me let me ask yeah. you this Babu um we have you know the uh the Revolutionary Organizers Film and Book Club. We want to, instead of running our book club during the Pan African Film Festival, we want to put out like a the four most important political films that we all would you know get people to go to. I know that's a hard one, but um, <laughs> but yes. but but at least start there. Is that okay? Like if you're going to do <laughs> okay. a four, and then we can go to six and eight and ten. Um, the one that we have looked at so far, I don't know what you think so far, is, uh, one second, the one that Channing and I are looking at, is A Crime on the Bayou. Do mm-hmm. you want to tell us about that film?
2: The, hold on for a What What page is that on?
1: It says, a black teenager bravely challenges the most powerful white supremacist in the 1960s, Louisiana, with the help of a young Jewish attorney. Systemic racism meets its match in decisive courtroom battles, including the U.S. Supreme Court, and a lifelong friendship is born. If you're not that familiar, that was ours. So we're going to pick that one. A mm-hmm. Crime on the Bio, directed, written by Nancy Bursky. So that's right. one we're interested in. But tell us, tell us things on your mind. That you go wherever you want to go.
2: Uh, one, you know, again... One of the benefits of virtual is that we're going to stream these films three and four or five times during the festival. So you just go online. That's great. And you'll be able to see the film more than once. Um, let me just talk a little bit about a couple of films. That, please, please. That, that will be something that you need, that people need to pay attention to. A film called Executive Order. You know, Executive Order. Um uh, Trump uses his executive power, and uh, what's his name? Biden is using his executive power, so you get around the legislature. This is uh, directed by a man named Lazarus Romas from Brazil. This is a Brazilian film. Okay. And what's significant about it is that the largest group of Africans outside of Africa live in Brazil. There's more black folks in Brazil than uh, in the United States. Wow and um you also in Brazil have the indigenous people still living way in the, in the bush. You have a former uh, uh, community of escaped slaves that act up independent space, and color Columbos are still there. Uh, incredible mix mixture of everything. So here's a story that's set in the in the near future, science fiction but in the future, not too far. And a story about a about a young lawyer that sues the Brazilian government, the right-wing Brazilian government that we hear about, right. for reparations for the of African slaves in, in Brazil. And so uh, the ruling class cliques had a meeting to decide how to respond to this lawsuit because he, he wrote it so well right. that you got to deal with it one way or another. So they decided... That they didn't want to pay reparations, and they came up with a scheme to do an executive order that would order all black people in Brazil to go back to Africa. Right. <laughs> now, when they passed this executive order and put in the machinery to arrest people and so forth and so on, they also had a test. To determine whether or not you were eligible to go back to Africa, based on how much uh, uh, melanin you had in your skin. Right. <laughs> so black folks revolted. Half black folks said, "Oh, give me the money, I'm ready to go." <laughs> right. Other half said, "Oh, fuck, man, I've been sitting in real disney all my life, so uh, I ain't going nowhere. You know, it's too much. I got too many limbo's here. So we, we, you know, I go visit, but I, I'm, I want this is my space." Right. So it's about this this whole confrontation over systemic racism, leaving staying, what we're gonna do, a totalitarian government, all of this mixed up together in Brazil,
1: not in the United States. Got it. Executive order that. is Sunday, March fourteenth at six PM.
2: Uh and they're gonna they're gonna run it a couple of times.
1: Great. So that's right. gonna
2: be I think it's gonna be the uh, in fact, I think they're going to move it to closing night. So, double check the thing's going to be moved to
1: closing well, night. It says closing night so, here. But we'll, we'll get on it. The main point is executive orders one. And if, one I c- and if I could respond, I mean, one thing. Go ahead. Well, one thing I think has been interesting, of course, in talking to black people now for more than 50 years is not even just the ambivalence, but the dual loyalty to the country in which they live and Africa. And right. it's not like either, why don't you go back to Africa? Because, you know, a lot of black people wanted to build a nation in the United States, right? And, and, right. Uh, but also, yes, and I would like to go back to up. Africa, right? right? I would like to go back to Africa and build a black homeland right. in the United States or in Brazil. Right. So and I I'm,
2: in Brazil, they have them. They have the columbos They have them. They, they have two and 300-year-old communities wow. in Bahia. Yeah, they, they established they were able to run out of the jungle and create it. So this is something that everybody should get up and go see.
1: Yeah, all right, so that's a definite number one. Yeah, and, another
2: and, film... Okay,
1: great. Keep going.
2: It's called Milkmaid from Nigeria. Okay. This is... You've heard about the Boko Haram kidnapping girls and taking them yes, from North yes. Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, And And that whole struggle of here are these kids who were... Idealistic kids have now gotten caught up with Islam and right-wing analysis and fanaticism and, and, and fascism, but they're fed up with monopoly capitalism and structural adjustment. Right. And so that's what... So this is the story of a young lady who is a Fulani, a Hausa woman. Fulani, who is, who's in charge of the milk and the cows, milk and the, milk and the goats, and her sister goes missing up there with the Boko Haram, she goes to try to find through filmed up there in the north by young filmmakers from the north of Nigeria. And you go into Maduguri, you go into all the areas, and it's a feature film, and it's about her trying to really try to find her sister, trying to save her from Boko Haram and maneuver between all the this, this situation. So you get an up-close look and feel for what that's all about.
1: Well, you know, Babu, when we've Behind done... Behind Headlines. Yes. Tell us the name of the film again.
2: The Milkmaid. The
1: Milkmaid. 818-985-5735. Please support the very structure that allows us to have this conversation that allows the Pan-African Film Festival and its amazing director, Ayuko Babu, uh, to be here and to have a conversation like this. And then in return, we are all going to go on the Pan-African Film Festival online and the Strategy Center is going to put out, we're taking notes I know Channing Martinez is taking notes on the films that uh, Ayuko Babu is recommending. One thing I want to say because you know we do the Pan-African Film Festival, we call it the, I don't know what, the the volunteer three day marathon at Strategy and Soul Films uh, at our place and I'm very impressed by the number of women's liberation films you you produce and some you know very hard films on rape there was a film called yellow that still yes haunts me haunts me and there was another film about these young girls being kidnapped and brought into this cult where everybody wears white and then they sell the children you know so you, you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you've been willing to bring directors in who want to tell hard truths uh, and a lot around women-centered films that have had a deep effect on us at the Strategy Center. So this sounds like another one. Say the name one more time. Milk the milkmaid. Right, the milkmaid? Milkmaid. Right, Milkmaid. All right. So yeah.
2: She went around getting the milk from the camels and from the goats. Got it. Out there, up there in the bush.
1: Let me ask you this another. one. Can I ask you about Go one uh, and yes. see if you know this one? The Billie Holiday film? Yes. Wow. <laughs> 'Cause that looked so that was jumping to my uh
2: Yeah, it it's it's an important film because we all have been raised uh about Billie Holiday being, you know, a dopine and uh Bennett was arrested a lot of time by the police uh for being a dophine and then also she sung Strange
1: Fruit. Right, of course.
2: Which is about which is about um uh, uh a lynching. Right. And, um, this story centers on that whole issue of how we come to know about Billie Holiday being a dope fiend and singing Strange Fruit, because that's what we all know about her. Right, right, right. right. Well, this is a story about that she was targeted, that she just didn't pop into our minds, just she popped into our minds because she was a singer, but, um... the uh, Justice Department uh, uh, deliberately and consciously went after her, went after uh, uh, Louis Armstrong, after Lonnie and other folks to show the people that uh, smoking dope was only dope fiends, musicians, and so forth and so on. You get a lot of sensational coverage by arresting Billy Holiday, and so this is this is a concrete, specific act. By the part of the ruling class to criminalize her, criminalize this whole thing, keep her on dope, and the whole—it's an incredible story.
1: It's so, all true. Called the it's United Society States University. versus Billie Holiday. Right. It's a uh, United. It's a uh, directed by Lee Daniels. Film right. stars Andrew Day in the titular role, along with Trevante Rhodes, Natasha Leone and Garrett Hudland uh, Exactly. That sounds great. So far.
2: Oh, let, let me say this now. It, 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 but it also shows that um, they were very conscious of celebrityhood and sensational musicians. So they knew they could get more budgets, more attention, by going after the musicians. Right.
1: Let me ask you this, if you have, uh, if we're not. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I do a lot of work, Explaining to people, especially young black people, but all people of all races, about the amazing black communist tradition and how many artists, uh, Lena Horne, uh, Billie Holiday at one point, uh, Nina Simone, uh, Lorraine Hansberry, Ozzie Davis, Ruby D., you Harry know Belafonte. Harry Belafonte, were were friendly with and supporting the the black the Communist Party. Who went? Who That's went,
2: right. They were they, they were partners with Patterson and and just uh, be the city councilman, city right. council Communist Party member.
1: Yeah, um, in New York, in New York uh, Ben Davis. Yeah, Ben Davis. and, yes, and William L. Patterson, who who did uh, we charge genocide? Exactly. Tell, tell a little bit Paul about. Tell, yeah, Paul, Tell us a little bit about. Just take a minute about. Kind of black revolutionaries, black communists, and the arts. Well,
2: here's what happens, and we talked about it today in in the panel discussion with Angela and Dr. Jill Horn. It, and Dr. Du said it. I'll, I'll say this what Dr. Du said when he wrote "Souls of Black Folks," and he's he's, he's our most he's most important black historian and black intellectual of the 20th century. Dr. Du Bois said in his book in 1903 that the color line was the decisive right. line, decisive struggle of the 20th century. And so that was the first edition. Uh-huh. But you don't hear about the third edition where he says the color line and the class struggle was the issue uh-huh. of the 20th century, which is also a defining issue. Racism and capitalism is defining issue in this historical period. Now, he said, they said, well, how come you didn't He said, well, I didn't know anything about uh, class struggle <laughs> until between those two editions I learned and understood about uh, class struggle and capital struggle about capitalism. And that was the, that was, uh, you got to talk about the struggle against capitalism as well as struggle against racism. So that understanding... Uh, when people begin to understand, because it's still in the United States, people will talk about racism, they won't talk about class struggle and monopoly capitalism. Right. Now, uh, what's important in this context of the musicians, anybody who's looking, who wants to know what's going on, and of course the musicians and artists want to know what's going on, then it leads you to say, i got to study class struggle, i got to study racism, all this intertwined I got to understand that that we were, we came here as capital, as labor to produce surplus uh-huh. capital for the ruling class. So it was natural that the musicians and artists would study because everybody wants to know what's going on. Right. So it's natural to understand, try to understand the system you live in. I always tell people when I when I lecture, I say, "Listen, I'll tell about the voice." Then I'll say, "Listen." If you want to understand America, you better study Marxism. Because that's the best analysis of capitalism. Right? <laughs> you, know, so, you know, we're not going to discuss who's building what, how they're building, and so forth. But the question becomes, that's the issue. And then if you look at Cuba, you look at China, you look at all these things, China's been able to make the leap it's made because it's communist. You know, the major means of production is still in the hands of the people in China. So therefore, any 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 person that's trying to become get knowledge and understand, it leads you to you have to study uh, you know uh, the question of Marxism, uh, which is named. Uh, we used to, in the sixties you'll see it often, but uh, when um, Einstein Einstein was was alive, he was a socialist. That's right. And I always <laughs> say that socialism and communism is just. Uh, you know, they, they use those two different terms to try to, but is a study of, of capitalism, you know.
1: Well, let me so hold that, on. Ayuka, you're doing great. I just want everybody to, I mean, you know, of course, when you're listening to someone talk about the black national question, its relationship to capitalism and monopoly capitalism, you hear it all the time, right, on every other uh, station, right? No, you only hear it on KPFK. Right, right. <laughs> As, I mean, to even be able to just think out loud, Think right. out loud outside the bounds of thinkable thought. 818-985-5735. Uh, I'm going to get you know the, the numbers tonight and I need your help. Okay? 818-985-5735. Uh, the voice you're hearing, a beautiful voice by the way, is Ayuko Babu, the director of the Pan-African Film Festival. Um, and why don't we just take a short music break? Is that okay, D'Angelo? And I hope you can stay on, Babu, because we still got yeah, a lot a of films more. to talk about. Yeah, we're going to go yeah. to four. Are you good?
2: A little bit more.
1: All right, that'll be wonderful. Uh, okay, we'll take a short break and uh, play something good, and we'll be back in two minutes.
2: Okay.
0: Just stay there. Don't go, brother. Okay. Hey, this is Aloe Black, and you're listening to KPFK, 90.7 FM, Los Angeles, 98.7 FM, Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM, San Diego County, 99.5 FM, Ridgecrest, China Lake, and streaming online at kpfk.org. Feeling my way through the darkness, guided by a beating heart. And now, the end is near. So I got to face The final curtain, curtain Friends I'll say it clear And state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived A life that's full I've traveled each And every highway and more, much
1: more than this, I think So hey, everybody. This is Eric Mann. We're back on Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement building show. I'm on the phone with uh, Ayuku Babu, the director of the Pan-African Film Festival. Uh, Babu, tell me, for our listeners, just go back. Uh, you and I have had so many interactions throughout our life, we've ended up, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) you know, it's like I was waking up one morning and thinking, you know, this is serious, that I was at Malcolm X's funeral, and Mm -hmm. I was at Fred Hampton's funeral, think about that. Mm -hmm. And so many places you and I have been Mm -hmm. that people (laughs) don't even know existed, right, um, how did you and Danny Glover and others come up with this? What was the what were your politics at the time, and what what exactly? What year was this? What was going on in your mind? What generated this amazing institution?
2: Well, as you know, as you mentioned, we all come out of the '60s. We were yeah. children of the '60s, and uh, when we say the '60s, it starts in nineteen forty, nineteen fifty-five. I almost said forty-five because it kind of started forty-five too, but. <laughs> nineteen fifty five with Montgomery all way through Vietnam and so forth, so we came to consciousness in that period, so we we tried to understand uh race class uh sexism all these issues that we were running into and living through, and understand who what went where and I or why okay now, at one point, we began to understand that one of the component parts. He says when we found out we could not make revolution, in the United because we really were interested in making revolution, you know that we just yes we were start let's let's turn it over let's just start all over again let's 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 really uh you know got excited about Lenin and make revolution russia excited about Mao excited about Jim Kenyatta mr Mandela et cetera yep. and um we began to understand that in terms of consciousness in, in terms of Post-revolution and pre-revolution, it's important to raise people's consciousness through books and travel and film and so forth. We began to realize that film was very important because when we began to go see the Battle of Algiers and we saw the Potemkin, and we we went to see the Potemkin. For those who haven't seen it, it's on it's on uh, Amazon or on uh, Amazon uh, Prime. On Prime. All right, we're going to see it tonight. And it's on, uh, what's the, uh, the other one? Um, the other big platform. Anyway, we found out that Lenin, the father of the Russian Revolution, put up the money and gave it to uh, Eisenstein to make the Potemkin.
1: <laughs> I'm just laughing. So there's no
2: accident right. that one of the major films that portrays class struggle on such an intense level was. Lenin gave him the money to do that, and that film has influenced in every film school in the world. You studied that film because so much of what you see in movies today came out of that film. Wow! And, and Lenin said, "Hey, you know, it's very important to make films because this tells you know this this is the the art form that that music all that folds into, and that's the struggle of success. That's, that's the way you get to the minds of the people. So we began to see that." And experienced that. Uh, we saw nothing but a man. We saw, yes. uh I'll give you an example, how this all happened. I was playing basketball in, uh, in New Mexico in the summertime, uh, cooking, uh, washing dishes uh, in the morning for my father, who was a chef. at the a hotel down in Albuquerque. Then we'd go play basketball in the afternoon over at the University of New Mexico. And we uh, would finish playing ball, walk across the street, and there was a movie theater, we called them picture shows at that time, yep. called the Don Pancho. And they had this film, it's 1960, of all these black folks singing and dancing and having a good time and just unbelievable. We never saw nothing like this, the posters. So we went and got some cherry cokes and went to the, to the theater <laughs> and sat down and saw it. That film was Black Orpheus first time we saw black folks from around Oh, the world.
1: black orpheus. Oh, my God, from, yes.
2: Yeah, we saw black orpheus in
1: 1969. <laughs> so
2: did I. And it turned us all the way around. Wow. Because that gave us a whole look at the favelas. We didn't even know that the slums, the ghettos were called favelas in Brazil. Right. And so that began to make us think, well, we got to see what's going on around the world and so forth. So anyway, long story short we begin to say, well, we need to begin to think about, you know, doing this. Uh, Skip many years, uh, Danny Glover, uh, Jaheed, my brother, uh, Jimmy Garrett, um, all the brothers up in San Francisco State, they pulled off the longest strike with the anti-war movement and the black nationalist movement uh, and the Latino movement. They pulled off a strike to close San Francisco State down in 1967. Yep, and they've got the right to hire and fire faculty, which is still very difficult to do. Yep, and as a result of hiring and firing faculty, he said, "What are we gonna do? Well, let's bring Imamu Baraka, Leroy Jones, the yep. playwright uh, who had just done that incredible play off Broadway called The Dutchman, and was p- and, and pushing consciousness and with art and culture." They brought him out there, and Baraka said, look, we got to make movies, we got to write stories, we got to write plays, we got to push our stories so that the masses begin to get more insight into who they are and so forth and so on. That's done through through plays, films, so forth and so on. And he told Danny, he said, look, you look like you might be a great actor. He got Danny into acting. Hmm. So that's why Danny's political, Danny Glover and that's why he was down at Bessemer, Alabama, last week, with the Amazon workers, because he was political first and became an actor second. So all that led us to say, we need to really have something seriously organized in terms of being a, being involved in showcasing and influencing films. And we then came to include us to a film festival, and we talked to people in New York, talked to people out here about it, and. uh Came up with film fest because we knew we needed to show distributors that there was an audience for these films. Right, and so that's how the festival was. But so it came out of political conscious struggle that came out of the '60s.
1: Well, we now I'm going to respond a project. little bit to that amazing story because, uh, uh, but just first of all, thank you for an amazing story. And each time you tell it, of course, you could tell it six different ways. But Black Orpheus is a great beginning. Uh, oh, the first thing God. I want people to understand is paff.org P-A-F-F. yeah. paff.org because this is more than you can—you know, I'm looking here, uh, Ayuko Babu, 905 submissions from 83 countries, 207 accepted films, 45 countries, 43 languages, 64 world premieres, 27 U.S. premieres, 168 narrative films, 39 documentaries. You get it, folks. I think you want to spend you know a good 15, 20 minutes, half an hour and just go through the uh, the program, the agenda of all these films. it's, it's a lot to take in. Uh, Channing Martinez and I who you know we partner on just so many of the political cultural work at the center, we're gonna do the same. Uh, we're gonna come up with to start with four just because we want to sponsor something and, and tell our, Film club members, that you know, these are some amazing films uh, that you want to participate in. And if I can just for a minute, eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. If you like this conversation, I do. I'm already thinking about how we're going to use this conversation, and we're going to put it up uh, in two days, Babu. It'll be up on our Voices from the Frontline email that goes out to our thousands of people around the country. And we get about five or 600 people open it, which is the most important thing. And we're going to have the entire conversation there for folks. So I just want to do a few quick stream of consciousness in your stream of consciousness. Uh, one, uh, I am writing a book called In Search of the Revolution, uh, The Journey of a Movement Organizer. And I also trace the 60s, first to 1945, with the decolonization movement and the GIs coming home as a critical one facing the whole anti-communist uh, attacks on ropes and, and, and Du Bois. And uh, then I go to 55 as you do with both Montgomery but also Bondung and also the murder of Emma Till, if mm-hmm. you can imagine, mm-hmm. all in one year. Mm-hmm. And so you and I have a very similar understanding, which is not surprising since we've been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. of a third-worldist understanding of the black movement and a third worldist understanding of the world, which is why it's the Pan-African Film Festival. Uh, Second, I was with SDS in 1967. I was in Newark from 65 to 67 until the—I was in the black community until the Urban Rebellion in the summer of 67. In the fall of 67, I began working with SDS. And of course, San Francisco State was the bomb. But San Francisco State was the most important struggle of its time. So I was a contemporary of Danny, and and uh, we supported that. But that's an amazing story. Great film. There's a film about uh, Cornell and San Francisco State. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw in the Pan African Film Festival. Do you remember that film?
2: Yes, yes. We, that's called. Um right uh, now spent the is called Vanguard. Uh, I'll think of the name of it because you can get that on on prime. It's on uh two or three outlets yeah yeah, so that's
1: a great film about uh San Francisco State and Cornell where I went, where the black students took over, and then just really quickly that i was I was in Newark with Amiri Baraka, then I was with mm-hmm. the League of Revolutionary struggle with Amiri Baraka, who became a Marxist Leninist, and all of whom said to us, you gotta generate art. You gotta generate the black arts movement. You have to, you know, politics is a lot in the realm of culture and revolution. Mm -hmm. And I just had one thought I wanted to put that I think could put the most optimistic understanding of Pan-African Film Festival is I think the revolution is continual and I think what we wanna do is develop enclaves of revolution you know, centers where the revolution is still alive because when you go to Pan African Film Festival, you think, damn, we must be in a revolutionary time until you walk exactly. out, right, <laughs> for a minute. So uh, you capture world revolution in the amazing work that you do. Um, you have a couple more you want to tell us about Ayuko Babu, give money to KPFK www.paff.org to uh, and you can register and, and it's some of these films cost you're gonna you're gonna buy them online with a credit card right and uh, you want to do that um, and then look at voicesfromthefrontlines.com I think which is our uh, website tell us about a couple of other films that you like
2: a couple of films one is called Truth to Power okay. Barbara Lee speaks for me. This is the documentary on Congresswoman Barbara Lee. Oh, really? Who, uh, as you know, she's yes. been, a, been a, a iron woman in that struggle, electoral struggle, and it's a great film. It's a great look at Ayanna uh, Presley and all the folks up there. Danny's in it, Alice Walker, and you really get a chance to see uh, up front an analysis of what's
1: going on in Washington. Wasn't so, she the only person power. who voted against the war in Iraq? Right, right. Only one. Only one. Only one. Uh only so one. and that's that's called truth to power. Right. Uh, <laughs> stood up,
2: only one. And When they, all the rest of the Democrats caved in, yep. she said, No, 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 I can't go that way. You know, she said she said, uh, Louis Armstrong wouldn't let me do that. Wow. <laughs> he stood up <laughs> <laughs> that's he wonderful. Stood, he stood up in, in, in uh in Little Rock in nineteen fifty seven, you know. And and I just found out he called uh an MF uh fool. <laughs> <laughs> and he refused to go around and let them use jazz to promote uh, capitalism, so he refused to go on, on go to Europe and, and go to Africa until uh that was resolved. So he took a stand on that.
1: Pretty Another great. Film. Tell us others. Oh. Tell us others.
2: Another film is uh we're gonna go all the way to two films that are very, very interesting. One is called, uh, let me get it right, two dance films. One okay. is called, in terms of culture, Firestarter. Fire, F I R E starter, S T A R T R, the story of the Bengara. This is one of the great dance companies of the world that has been developed by the indigenous people, the Aboriginal people in Australia. Wow. And it's a whole explanation of who, what, when, where, and why. So you begin to understand those businesses down in the South Pacific uh, and what that's about and their evolution in time. It's a beautiful film not to be missed. Okay. By the way, um, we try to show films from everywhere. And um, when we were at the Black Arts Festival a few years ago in, in Senegal and in Dakar, um, Brothers from, uh, Benny Wimba from Papua New Guinea got up on stage with Mugabe. He huh. said, we left Africa 50,000 years ago, but we're back. Wow. wow. So all that, that's all in that film, Firestarter, don't miss it. You'll be taken on a, on an experience you've never been, you never had before. Because these are brothers who have dream time, who, um... Have been down in Australia the the, the whole discussion about how they left Africa and got down in Australia it's it's still people trying to understand what that's all about but they are very 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 incredible films one of the great films this year that we have shown people just in love with the the music and the culture it's called Firestar one of the great dance companies
1: alright that's fantastic give us another one
2: another one is called another dance film called Uprooted The Journey of Jazz Dance Wow, and how jazz dance developed in Harlem and all the 1940s and so forth so, and so on—the whole thing about what you see with Debbie Allen and all the dancers and and all the folks who who do all the the hip hop and the bebop—the the whole thing—the the, the, the beginning—called uprooted the jazz the journey of jazz dance.
1: Who was Catherine Dunham?
2: Catherine Dunn was one of the great dancers in the 1940s and 30s, 50s, I think she died in the 70s, uh, who took traditional black dance in the United States and elevated it to a theatrical uh, stage presentation and showcased and said, this dance that we do is something. It's not just some some nonsense on the side of a road or something. This this comes from a 2,000 year history of people who've evolved. And she took the took our dance, our traditional dance, and took it to another level, where it was elevated to the level that this is this is a, a great dance coming from, a great dance from a people who've been dancing for about 5,000 years. And she plugged into that.
1: You know, it's unbelievable. My dad, I have such a complicated relationship with my father, but he took me to the Katherine Dunham dance studio. Oh wow! When I was, was I lucky. swear to God, when I was eight <laughs> years old, nine, <laughs> ten, and I saw her. And as I remember, she's tall. I don't know why I, had, you know, and I saw her—the real Katherine Dunham. And wow. I was—I stupidly didn't. Well, I was—I was ten, but I don't think I, fin- you know, finished the program. But just to say. uh... You know, but everything you you're saying see, is
2: that, even though you, even though you didn't you didn't see the the magic grabbed you,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and there were all these kunga drums all yeah. over the. I still remember all these kunga drums now I play a little bit. This is, you know, this is not memory lane. This is like a, this is like a, a revolutionary acid trip. We're on Babu. This is very yes, very cool. Exactly. Uh eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five, Eric Mann. You're on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, streaming live on the web at kpfk.org. And we need your money, 818-985-5735. Freedom is not free. And he and I are just talking, but there's D'Angelo Jones in there. There's this studio. There's this microphone. There's this uh, sound system. There's this enormous transmitter. It needs your help, you know, 818-985-5735. I'll probably get the figures in around five or six. And uh, thanks, Mary Reich, for helping me get on the case. And we're going to raise some serious money today. Right, folks? If you're a regular Voices listener, if you're a Pan-African Film Festival friend, uh, this is a great show today. You know that. My energy is up. And we need your help okay 818-985-575 i think at 25 dollars you become some kind of a member which i should understand better you know that a hundred dollars you get a copy of my book playbook for progressives 16 qualities of the successful organizer if you already gave the hundred dollars don't worry about it you're on the list you're going to get the book and it's a great book it really is uh and it's going into his third printing i can't believe it we're down to a hundred copies of the second printing so that's five thousand the first time three thousand the second we're on eight thousand copies so far out in the world tell us you know this is such amazing uh you have any you know one other thing because i've seen a lot of films is the word capoeira is i get that right
2: Capoeira from Brazil. Right. Yeah. Tell,
1: do you have any of those this year? Because you, uh, this year we you, had so many. I don't. You had think so many so. last time. Remember? Yeah, I don't think
2: so. Because it's,
1: that it's, was amazing.
2: Uh, um, amazing. It's it's it's, it's, re- it's a combination of wrestling and 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 ras- wrestling and uh, uh, traditional uh, wrestling and and stick fighting that's evolved that came out of us coming from slavery into Brazil called capoeira. Um, but I don't know. I can't. See.
1: That's okay. I was but just tripping. Don't don't even worry about it. But
2: no, it's important. Let me tell you this. This is this is another film. You know, it, you're beginning to hear um, a narrative of uh, anti-China. Right. Anti-China. All of a sudden, it's China, 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 and they've also put this into the black community. The Chinese are trying to take over Africa. I don't know if you've even heard
1: that. Yes, this. of course.
2: That that is that is. Uh, 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 Because they they started by the West. They don't want to deal with the fact that the rise of China signals the decline of the last great Western white civilization in the world. That's right. And the Chinese are still communists. Yep. The major means of production is still in the hands of the state. They're trying to figure out how to mix certain market reforms with control of the state at the same time trying to work out their contradictions internally in terms of the, the Uyghurs and so forth and so on. But these are all the, the problems of, of a modern nation state trying to work out their thing. And they have and the African nations have embraced China because China is giving them an opportunity to develop and so forth that the West didn't, never did. Now, we have a film called The Endless Cycle from China, directed and produced by Chinese.
0: Huh.
2: It's a look at a black man's life in China. Wow. which includes the financial success and discrimination due to COVID and being black in China. A real interesting look behind the walls of Chinese society and attitudes of everyday Chinese people towards African immigrants. So you look at the ethnic issues, the racism, the, the, the uh, ability to make decisions. a lot of black folks live in China now who are going back and forth and doing trade and so forth and so on. So you get a chance to see up close uh, some brothers and sisters
1: living in China. Wow! You know, when I was in South Africa, uh, the South African Communist Party was talking about Afro pessimism that the the West is trying was almost treating Africa like it was um, a dying. You know, first they exploited the hell out of it and right. raped it, and then they were saying, "Well, it's not a good place for investment," so they right. left it, and China came in. And it's making massive investments in, oh. uh, and, uh, and yes, having political influence because they actually are, are building up the infrastructure of a lot of failed states that the United States wanted to fail. And now they're not yeah. failing, right? So the, uh, the anti-Chinese, uh, so tell us the name of the film again. We're going to go see that one too. It's
2: called The Endless Cycle.
1: Endless Cycle. The um, endless
2: cycle, and the, the the other thing is this is that the one of the things that people must never forget: the Chinese never colonized anybody. That's right. There's never been their issue about trying to colonize anybody. They always been is, is, interested in doing business with people <laughs> around the world. Now, uh, they were, Bill was telling me, and it was in Nigeria, and he was saying, "Well, you know, the Chinese." are So self confident, so arrogant, and we also have a lot. There's racism in China, uh, right? But they are they are so so self centered that they believe that they can go anywhere in the world and set up a Chinese restaurant, and you will come <laughs> down and eat Chinese food, right? You know? So that's what they're just doing in business, and so they don't they don't say we we're not gonna come and tell you how to live your life. This is what we want to do. The deal is this, da, da 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 straight ahead. Black folks like that in Africa. And one of the things that always happens is that the Chinese, if they say this is what the deal is, this is what the deal is. We don't want to get involved with what you're doing uh, in, a take like the Sudan. They never took a stand between North and the South and the ethnic differences that went on inside the the two groups of black folks that are fighting inside of in Sudan. So they said, whoever's in power, we're going to deal with them in terms of oil, da-da-da-da. And when y'all resolve that, then we'll deal with that. So now they've got two states. They deal with South and deal with the North. They don't tell them how to conduct it. So you don't tell us how to deal with the Uyghurs. We don't tell y'all how to deal with your internal contradictions because these are things that go back two or 300 years among themselves.
1: Well, so listen, like out. Let me just say... No, this no please, please, go ahead. Mine.
2: I did not know that when you hear about the... The whole hassles with with the uh, Tibetans right the regional capital of China, as they were consolidating and becoming uh, going from the the dynasties was in tibet huh. so there's, a, there's a whole history here of tibet the Uyghurs with Islam coming in and all of that you know you don't see them they're not executing nobody, they're not killing anybody uh they are definitely putting people in prison there. They're definitely doing all that. They're definitely trying to get them to do go along with the Han Chinese, but there's no. They're not trying to commit a genocide like the Germans did with the Jews. Yeah, so and the, and the last time pattern.
1: I looked, the Chinese did not lock up a, a million black people in the United States. Right. Exactly. Right, so that's the last exactly. time I looked. And yeah, and so. <laughs> and, they're, and they're also beating the the thing that's scary that people don't understand. is and Ayuka is just great. Is that. China is beating the United States technologically. And oh, yes. so the white chauvinism of Biden is saying they're stealing our secrets, but the people <laughs> in the in the world are saying your secrets are old. We don't they don't even yeah. want your secrets. They've right. got their own right. secrets. you know you you are in 5g. they're in 8G already.
2: that's right they're,
1: they are that's so right. ahead of you. So that's anyway, right. there's so much I, so I have two proposals you know being the organizer that I am. I'm going to talk to Aniel and others here to say, let's do two two two-hour shows. One is another conversation with just you and me, just doing what we just did. And the other, of course, is to have you, uh, we would host it, but you would be one of them. We would have Angela Davis and Gerald Horn and Dr. Malina Abdullah on Voices from the Frontlines, where we would play that hour and a half uh, program that you talked about that we will also listen to uh yeah, no we
2: will do we're committed to doing that and what we'll do is the uh once get once the festival gets done on the 14th then we can make that decision when you're going to show play it on television on the radio it's fine it's, it needs to be heard
1: well I'll do it with you I'll do it completely yeah. so everybody yeah. listen this has been the easiest 58 minutes I've had on radio in a long time brother uh Babu, you you are truly a treasure. I mean it in every way. Uh, And if you think that you're going to get anywhere else, tell them about China and Marxism and the national (laughs) question and (laughs) Louis Armstrong and uh, you get it? 818-985-5735. Babu, thank you for everything. And please go on paff.org. This is Eric Mann. It's
2: all there. Please
1: enjoy. All right, brother. This is Eric hey. Mann. You're on Voices from the Front Lines. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Channing. Thank you, D'Angelo. Thank you, Pan-African Film Festival. Thank you, Ayuko Babu. I'll see you next Tuesday, all right? Let's do some serious business. 818- 985-5735. I'm going to go into the imaginary room and hear all the great contributions you all have made. Take good care of yourselves.
0: I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention, I did what I heard.